0: About anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the hour of intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4 to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Verses 16 to 21, Luke chapter 4. Then looking further in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said to him take care of him and whatever more you spend uh, and whatever more you spend when I come again I will repay you So which of these 3 do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves And he said he who showed mercy on him Then Jesus said to him Go and do likewise verses 25 to 25 to 32 Luke chapter 10 and then one final, one additional passage found in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a familiar passage, the, past, the love passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there's knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now by faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Verses 1 through 13, all of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, the power, the grace, the strength, the joy, the encouragement that comes as we spend time with you one-on-one reading and meditating on your word, as you take time to mold us, to shape us, to help us to become more and more like you. Father, Lord, thank you for the fact, the truth in your word that teaches us that you're not simply a God of love. You are love, and you teach us to love, to walk in love, to walk in compassion, grace, and mercy every day. Empower us, Lord, to be the, the kind church, the loving church, the compassionate church, the grace-filled church that you have called us to be and empower us to walk that way, to speak that way, to carry ourselves that way every single day. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listen, to listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we do appreciate you being a part of our listening family. And on an ongoing basis, we ask that you please pray for the ministry of the American Family Association, we very much desire need your prayers, and we ask that you pray for the American Family Radio Network, and we ask also for prayer for this broadcast, the hour of intercession. Again, we really do need your prayers. We're very great, gracious, and graciously appreciative of having once again uh, the two guests that we've had before, Shalene Burledge and Jennifer Gerald's of the Great Ministry. Love Life, Shaylene and J- Jennifer. How are you all today?
1: We're doing great. We well, thank you so much for having us on again.
0: Yes, right. thank
2: you so much for having us. We're um, honored to be with you.
0: Well, always a privilege to have you. And I'm going to ask if each of you uh, would take time to further introduce yourselves, and then uh, reintroduce our listeners to Love Life. There may have been many of our listeners who were able to hear the broadcast. It's been a little bit since we've had you on, but uh, some may recall or know some about the great ministry of Love Life, but then there are those who may have never heard of Love Life in their life. So if you all would further introduce yourselves, and then tell our listeners what the work and mission behind Love Life is all about.
2: Okay, yes, hi. So. Uh, we Are Love Life, our mission is to unite and mobilize this church to create a culture of love and life that will end in uh, abortion and the orphan crisis. We are reaching out to churches to talk to them about becoming houses of refuge, a safe place for men and women to run to when they're facing unplanned pregnancy instead of the abortion clinic. We know that the culture change and the culture shift will happen in the church. Um, right now, the church, the people in the church are funding abortion. 25% of one in four women will, will have an abortion in their lifetime, and that number is the same inside the church and outside the church.
1: hmm and so this is Jennifer Gerald speaking now. That was Shalene Burledge, and we work together as city directors here in Alabama, um, working to build a network of those House of Refuge churches here in our state. Um, we are watching God do an amazing work here. Um, we started with none, <laughs> no churches that were involved, and over the past three years since we began in 2020. We have seen 25 churches sign up to become House of Refuge churches as pastors have become aware of the need to address this issue, this topic of abortion. For so many years, pastors have viewed this topic as political and something that might cause division or pain in their members, and so they just have been too afraid to talk about it. But because of the Oh, go ahead.
0: Just a question. I wanted to ask So, Love Life, is it based in Alabama?
1: It actually started in North Carolina, in Charlotte, uh, with a, a businessman named Justin Reeder. He's the founder of it. And it began when some friends of his asked him to come out to a business meeting, which they strategically planned to happen in front of the abortion clinic that was near where his business was. And every day he would drive past that abortion clinic and he never paid attention to it because he just was unaware. But when his friends held that business meeting in front of it, he witnessed with his own eyes the tragedy of these women with their boyfriends, fathers, mothers, driving them in, walking into the abortion clinic with two heartbeats going in and then watching as only one heartbeat exited the building and just realizing the The reality of what was happening, that that babies' lives were being lost, killed there, and there was no church present to help. There was no one reaching out to those moms, telling them, hey, there's somebody to help you. There's another way. You don't have to do this. And he was broken when he saw that. And Mm -hmm. over the next couple of years, through a process of prayer and fasting, the Lord gave him a vision that came out of Nehemiah 1 through 3, which was the... The broken down wall in in Jerusalem um, is what that passage was about. And when Nehemiah, who was comfortable living in the palace, heard the report about the wall, he was stricken and he wept and he fasted and prayed and asked the Lord, what should I do about this broken down wall of our city? And then he went to it and investigated for himself, is it really true? Are things as bad as they say it is? And he discovered it was true. And so in order to deal with it, he rallied all 12 tribes of Israel to come together to work side by side to rebuild the wall. And despite all the opposition and, you know, what should be impossible, God empowered them to do it. They were able to rebuild that wall together. And so that's exactly his vision for love life. (laughs) It is uniting the church across denominational lines to come together to fast and pray over this issue of abortion and then to practically serve these moms and dads to not just tell them to choose life, to provide a way through support and discipleship inside of our churches so that they have a church family who can come alongside them during this difficult time. And if they're post-abortive, to realize there's forgiveness, there's healing for you, and we have Bible studies that can help you get there. It's just encompassing both ends um, of this spectrum of life so that the church, the body of Christ can be restored so that our reputation is no longer one of shame and condemnation, but one of actual love and life and help.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, and so the ministry started in the state of North Carolina, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, then. So is it in other states other than North Carolina and Alabama then?
2: Yes, sir. We are in now 20 cities across the nation from California to New York to Florida, Chicago, um, and Virginia, Alabama. We're hoping to um, be in Mississippi very soon. We would love to see houses of refuge churches in Mississippi to help those that that are hurting from uh, unplanned pregnancy and facing uh, pregnancy decisions. We definitely believe that The church is the answer, and we want women and men facing unplanned pregnancy running to the church, so we would love to see houses of refuge in every state, in every city, and as we grow, um, that is what's happening. We have over 225 houses of refuge churches across the nation where pastors are standing up and reading a house of refuge statement stating, this church is a safe place. If you or someone you know is facing an unplanned pregnancy, you are welcome here. We will connect you with a local pregnancy center. We'll connect you with a mentor from the church. Love Life does all of the training. And so a mentor is someone who comes alongside um, women and men to befriend them and just welcome them into the church to come alongside them as they choose life. Eighty-five percent of women Shayleen, I'm going to need
0: to jump in right here. Abortion. We're going to pick up right here on the other side of the break here. Our phone guests today are Shayleen Bart Burlage and Jennifer Geralds of the Ministry Love Life. We'll be right back. How? Music from Mandisa with God Speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guests today are Shaylene Burledge and Jennifer Gerald's of the ministry, the National Pro-Life Ministry, Love Life. Shaylene and Jennifer, as we begin this segment, I'm going to ask if each of you would take a moment now specifically to pray for listeners to have ears to hear all that God would say to them through the broadcast that they would be wide open to what the Spirit of God may assign or call them to do in the very important task of helping to stand for life and help, helping to end the tragedy of abortion, if you all would.
1: Sure. Father, I would just thank you for um, your interest and your involvement in our lives, down to the very detail. The hairs of our head are numbered and you hold us in your hand. And before even one of our days came to be, you had plans for our life. They were written in your book. And Father, right now we know that there are people listening to this broadcast who may have never even considered the issue of abortion or life. I know that I was in that position, Father, I had grown up in the church, considered myself pro-life, but had never really thought through what I could do personally in this area until your Holy Spirit pricked my heart and and showed me what was burdening you, what was burdening your heart for these babies, for these moms and dads. And truly, Father, just you revealed to me the need to repent, to repent of my apathy, to repent of my indifference and just carrying on with my life as if there was nothing for me to do there. And God, nothing could be further from the truth. And so I pray for these listeners, um, Father, that that you are calling, that you are drawing closer to your heart to be aware of um, what concerns you. Father, open ears, open blind eyes, remove any obstacles in their hearts and minds that would keep them from personalizing um, this message. Lord, it touches every part of the body of Christ. There is no one who is immune from this because it involves your children and so i just pray that your spirit would anoint every person that is in the sound of my voice that you would um, draw them to you and reveal your heart to them reveal their role in this um, fight for life father um, as we seek to honor you and build your kingdom and to be a people who um don't just love in word and deed but in in Uh, in word, but in deed and in truth, Father, that we put actions to our faith. And I just ask that in Jesus' name.
2: Lord, I second that. I disagree with that. And I ask you to move in that, Father, and just thank you for this opportunity. There's nothing I can add, Father. So I just thank you for this in your name.
0: And Father, too, thank you for, again, the ministry, the great ministry of Love Life and the great work that they have and continue to do. And Lord, thank you for many other ministries you've, laid, you, you've raised up, as well as church fellowships who've really decided that they want to know your heart and to, to live your heart in loving these precious moms who find themselves expecting a child at a difficult time in their lives. Help us to realize, Lord, that all these precious babies, they belong to you. They're your babies first, and they always will be. And help us to be mindful that you simply entrust them to parents for a few years. Help us to know, Lord, that you're calling us to have your heart, your mind, and your your perspective of compassion to love these children, for to love the moms who are carrying them, to walk with them as the babies are both conceived and born, and then um, helping them to continue to glorify you in the way they carry out the work of helping their children to come to live for you as well. Help us to know, Lord, the work is tremendous, yet by your grace we can do it as we're simply available vessels through which your Holy Spirit can flow. We thank you and we praise you, Father, for the opportunity to be involved in this wonderful work of helping these precious moms, helping these babies, helping families to honor you in the way we see, receive, and keep these precious babies. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Shaylene and Jennifer, you were talking about uh, houses of refuge. Uh, Again, would you share again now um, what exactly a house of refuge is? And say there may be many persons listening who might be thinking to themselves, I would really like to help my church to become a house of refuge. Would you share once again exactly what that does and doesn't mean and how an individual can help make that happen in their church family?
1: Sure. So a House of Refuge Church is one where the pastor has agreed to read the House of Refuge statement twice a year. And if it would be all right, I'd like to read the House of Refuge statement so that Okay, Saline would like to read it. She'll, she'll read the statement. Um, so he'll read this statement twice a year to clear the air in the congregation so that every single church member understands where their church stands on this issue. Okay. That, that the pastor and everybody else is supportive of life, and that they're going to not only come alongside this woman, but they have a representative from the church that they know that they can call who will get the ball rolling and, and establishing a relationship with that young mom and dad um, to get them connected with the people and resources that they need to, to receive help. So that's simply what a House of Refuge church is, uh, one with a pastor willing to be bold and to speak this House of Refuge statement that Shaitling about to read okay. and who provides a representative to be trained by Love Life so that they know what to do when this situation arises. So Shalene's going to read the House of Refuge statement. As you listen to this, just envision yourself sitting in your congregation at your church and your pastor reading this to the congregation and what kind of impact it would have on you if you um, are just a regular member or if you happen to be that young woman or man who is facing a pregnancy decision, scared to death, not knowing what to do. Just imagine what it would be to hear these words. Our church
2: is a house of refuge. This applies to everyone in this church or people you know that need a place of refuge. Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know that being pregnant is not a sin and the child you carry is not a punishment. It is a blessing. God is knitting this child in your womb. You may have, been, you may have made a sinful decision that led to this pregnancy, or you may have even been sinned against. But we want you to know you are loved, and we will do whatever it takes to help you carry and care for this precious child before and after birth. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. Here's what we won't do. This church family will not gossip about you, shame you, or abandon you. This is a house of refuge, and we will not allow for the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in His Word. Here's what we will do. We will do everything in our power to remove whatever obstacles stand in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church ready to mentor you, throw you a baby shower, and connect you with resources inside and outside of the church, such as the local pregnancy care center. We will also hold men accountable for living out their calling to provide and protect women and children. Finally, if you have ever had an abortion in your past, We want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes those sins finds mercy. If you have never gone through a post-abortion Bible study, we will be happy to connect you to one so that you can walk in complete healing and freedom. What I would like to add to that is that when we have pastors reading that statement, almost every time there is someone in the congregation that needs to hear this and comes forward. Either they are pregnant and hurting, um, speaking about abortion, or someone in the congregation has had an abortion.
0: Okay. Well, just a question here. If someone listening wants to go back and read through that exact statement as you just read it again, how, how could they do that?
1: You can... Email us at, at lovelife.org and we can send you a printable version of that so that you can take it to your pastor um, and, and show that to him. We can also give you more information uh, to get your church signed up as a house of refuge. So lovelife.org is our email that will reach both Shaylene and I. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to lovelife.org. And there is a tab on there for House of Refuge Churches, and all of that is explained on that landing site.
2: Okay. You can also call 205-305-7628. That is my direct line. This is Shailene. You're welcome to call me, and I'll uh, also give you information. You can call or text.
0: Okay, okay. Well, if someone listening wanted to ask this question, how would you respond if they just said, why is it important for that statement to be shared from the pulpit?
1: Well, because without the pastor speaking that truth, unfortunately the narrative will remain the same, what has been in our churches for decades. We have recent studies that show that fewer than 1% of people facing pregnancy decisions will turn to the church for help. They're going just about anywhere else but the church, and the reason behind that is because they anticipate judgment, and they anticipate no plan being in place, like they figure, well, the church doesn't have anything for me. I'm going to have to find help somewhere else, um, and they don't want to be judged. They don't want to be shunned, and that you know they're embarrassed. But by reading that statement consistently throughout the year, everybody learns that there is an attitude shift taking place in that church, that it is not going to be a place where people experience condemnation or judgment. Instead it's going to build a culture of love and life that will invite people to be real with their issues, not only in this area of pregnancy, but in all the other areas from, from the womb to the tomb that we experience in life that are difficult. That culture of love and life is going to change the way people think of the church, and respond to the church and respond to their problems. We would like the church to become
2: the place where people come running to, not Mm -hmm. running from. And We first need to stop abortions from happening within our church. Mm Mm-hmm. We had a pastor uh, who didn't believe that one in four women uh, will have an abortion in their lifetime, and that includes in the church and out of the church. Forty uh, percent of women having abortions attended church within the previous month of them having the abortion. So we need to stop abortions from happening in our church. By reading this statement, they're receiving um, help. They're receiving someone to come alongside them. And so we first want to stop abortions from taking place in our churches. We want to help those who have had an abortion to find healing. If pastors aren't speaking about it from the pulpit and stating Mm -hmm. there's abortion recovery, when I heard those two words, abortion recovery, and I took a 13-week Bible study, it completely changed my life. I found the healing um, power of God in my life for the abortion decisions that I had made. And I had been a Christian for 10 years, sitting in the church, serving in the church, but didn't know that I need to be healed. I knew I was forgiven. And so we want to offer that, and this statement makes it clear to your congregation. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's another there's another piece to this puzzle, um, and many people may be familiar with pregnancy care centers, um such as Save a Life, and others go by different names at Christian pregnancy centers, that have been on this frontline battle for years um, working with women. and and helping them in their moment of crisis. But they work really hard to develop trust and to use language that's um, full of grace and mercy and truth. Um, But they are very afraid to just hand off their clients to any church because they don't know what their girl or guy is going to face when they walk in the door. Mm -hmm. So they don't. They either don't refer them at all to churches or, Uh, They just simply have had a list of ones that were gospel-centered, and they just hand it to the clients and say, "Here, these are good churches in the area. You should check them out." But by proactively having churches register to become House of Refuge churches, now pregnancy centers know that there are churches in their area that they can trust, that they know that people have been trained well, and know the right verbiage to use that that are going to come alongside their clients with mercy and grace and truth um, and support, you know, provide a continuum of care, joining hands with the uh, pregnancy center. And so they can feel confident to refer their clients to the mentors in our House of Refuge churches. And we've been watching that happen um, pregnancy centers cost. So we, we had a call not long ago. Um, I'm
0: going to have to jump in to one more time voice. and uh, pick up right there on the other side of the break. Our phone sure. guests today are Shailene Burledge and Jennifer Gerald's of the Ministry of Love Life. And we're talking about the wonderful ministry of churches becoming houses of refuge. We'll be right back. Brian and Katie Torwald singing, He is the Light. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guests today are Shailene Burledge and Jennifer Geralds of the great ministry, Love Life. And they've been sharing today about the great concept of churches becoming houses of refuge, uh, Shailene and Jennifer, once again, if someone wants to get in touch with you, learn more about Love Life, learn more about how maybe they can help their church to become a house of refuge, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you?
2: Okay, you can contact us both at alabama at lovelife.org. Alabama at lovelife.org. Send us an email and we'll respond with information. Or you can call or text 205 205- 305 7628. That is my phone number. This is Shailene, and um, I'll be glad to send you some information. You can also visit lovelife.org and learn about our ministry there and everything that we offer.
0: Okay, okay. I'm going to ask if you'll share the statement one more time. That's the statement that is to be shared from the pulpit of a house of refuge, of a church that has become a house of refuge.
1: Sure. I'll read it. And and churches that that make this statement, we encourage the pastors to speak this from the pulpit. But like at my home church, they also put it in the bulletin on the website and Mm -hmm. even post it on bathroom doors. You can put it everywhere that you want so that nobody misses it. And that's one of the reasons why we encourage pastors to read it at least twice a year, but they can do it more than that. But so the pastor will, from the pulpit, read this statement. Our church is a house of refuge. This applies to everyone in this church or people you know that need a place of refuge. Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know that being pregnant is not a sin and the child you carry is not a punishment. It's a blessing. God is knitting this child in your womb. You may have made a simple decision that led to this pregnancy, or you may have even been sinned against. But we want you to know that you are loved, and we will do whatever it takes to help you carry and care for this precious child before and after birth. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. Here's what we won't do. This church family will not gossip about you, shame you, or abandon you. This is a house of refuge, and we will not allow for the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in His Word. Here's what we will do. We will do everything in our power to remove whatever obstacles stand in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church ready to mentor you, throw you a baby shower, and connect you with resources inside and outside of our church, such as a local pregnancy care center. We will also hold men accountable for living out their calling to provide and protect women and children. Finally, if you've ever had an abortion in your past, we want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin finds mercy. If you've never gone through a post-abortion Bible study, we'll be happy to connect you to one so that you can walk in complete healing and freedom.
0: Mm. So that's, that's the, the statement in its entirety, correct?
1: Yes. yes, sir. Okay. I have something well, for you,
2: Pastor it, Joseph. Let me, let me mention something. I, I want to mention happens. something
0: important as it relates to the statement. The statement in and of itself is like a sermon all by itself, I think. And it's a statement, I think, that shares the love of God in a very powerful way that an expecting mom who's expecting a baby at a tough time it really can penetrate her heart in a wonderful way. And so I would think it wouldn't hurt if the pastor said it from the pulpit. They have it posted in different places in the church and did a video because the fact is for that message to be hammered home into the hearts of mothers and people who are touched by, the who are connected to that mother is, is much more significant than some may realize. So thank you again for sharing that. But please go ahead, Shaylene, You were going to share a story you said.
2: Yes, this is a story you know, of how this statement was put into action, okay. and that is we had a church member who was part of a house of refuge, and she, uh, I saw a Facebook post that said, I am five months postpartum. I'm six weeks pregnant. My mother is forcing me to have an abortion. Who can help me? And so she knew where to turn to she no longer went to the house of refuge church but she remembered she contacted me we were able to get in touch with that young woman and she is now being ministered to her whole family has been healed her parents have allowed her to stay in their house and not force her to have an abortion. The entire family has chosen life and being mentored, connected to another house of refuge and also connected to the pregnancy center to help with the immediate need. And so that became directly from this house of refuge statement.
1: In fact, the, uh, the vice president of love life is also a pastor and when he first read this statement to his congregation, he had no idea that sitting in the pews was a young um, teenage couple that had just learned the night before that they were pregnant, and both of them were terrified. They did not know what to do, but they were in the habit of going to church, so they were sitting in the pews, and they heard that statement read, and they both said it was just confirmation from the Lord that, okay, we, we need to trust our pastor. We're, we, we've got to come clean with this. So that after the service, they went up to Pastor Josh and, and told him, hey, we're in that situation right now. Can you help us? And so the men of that church circled around that, that young man and began discipling him. The women circled around the girl, began discipling her. They went through uh, premarital counseling. They ended up getting married, had the baby, And now they are active members in that church, serving as a family, all because the church responded well. And they were able to respond well because the pastor led them well, um, using that House of Refuge statement. Mm, Pastor Joseph, you had an experience. um, Your church
2: is not an official House of Refuge right now um, yet, but you had an experience with a woman who traveled from Mississippi to North Carolina to have an abortion, and she chose life. And mm-hmm. then she came through the states. I I was able to meet with her and and help her, um, you know, fill her gas tank, uh, which you provided. And and she went on to Mississippi and got connected to your church. And you still contact have contact with her, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. In fact. Talked to her probably about three or four days ago because um, she could use a little assistance in getting some furniture for her brand new apartment. So we're, we're glad to be connected to her. But, you know, just I, I want to say this, too, that one of the many reasons why it's so beautiful to get connected to um, a ministry like Love Life and, and allow Love Life to teach and train a church to be a house of refuge church is because very simply— It's teaching a church to be the church. It's teaching a church how to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love a young mom who finds herself expecting a baby at a tough time. And the reality is so many young women uh, find themselves terrified because often they feel like they have no support. But what better place can she get a family than in a church that knows how to love people well? And so it's so good for a church to decide Yes, I want our church to be a house of refuge for the pastor and the church family to decide that together and to move forward to get the training to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this way as well. So share one more time if someone wants to get a copy of the statement, as well as they want to find out more about how their church can move forward in becoming a house of refuge, how to do that.
1: Yes, please just email us at Alabama at lovelife.org. That's Alabama at lovelife.org. Email us and we will give you all kinds of information and links um, to websites where you can get the House of Refuge statement. Or if you feel more comfortable calling or texting, you can do that to 205-305-7628. That's 205-305-7628.
0: Well, if someone listening is thinking, well, Is there a way they could get somebody to come to their church to share this? Uh, Do you all travel much to do this?
2: Well, we can, yes. If someone would like to host um, a pastor luncheon, we will definitely travel. We also can set up Zoom and have a Zoom call with any pastor as well and share the opportunity of love life with them. But yes, we, we definitely will consider traveling.
0: All right. And uh, so share the your contact information one more time again, please.
2: Alabama at lovelife.org. That's Alabama at lovelife.org. Or you can text or call 205-305-7628. And if you'd like to just know more about Love Life, you can go to lovelife.org. Okay, okay. That's our website.
0: Our time is almost gone here. I'm going to ask if each of you would briefly just pray whatever is on your heart to pray for the pastors and churches to get more involved.
2: Okay, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for going before us and having the pastors and leaders hear this um, this segment, Father. Um, We thank you for just opening up their hearts and their ears, Father. Let it be a sense of urgency that they contact us, Lord, and want to become houses of refuge to stop abortion in their churches, Father, to bring healing to men and women who have had an abortion in their past or family members who suffer the trauma of someone else's abortion. Father, we have many church members affected by abortion. And so, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity and ask that you just, um, Keep it on their heart to contact us for more information. Thank you for spreading House of Refuge across the nation, Father, from California all the way to New York, Florida, and everywhere in between, Father. So we
1: just thank you in your name. And Father, I, I don't know why you choose to use people to to do the work that you do to build your kingdom, but, but you do. You use broken people. Um, And I just thank you for this opportunity that you are giving the body of Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this dark world. Lord, you are giving us an opportunity to shine your light into people's lives who desperately need it, people within our own congregations, maybe even our own families. Um, So Father, thank you that this is your heart and that you're inviting us to participate. God, I pray that you would just bind any evil thought that would say that this is not relevant to me or or that's not my ministry that's not my area or i'm I'm unqualified i'm not you know i'm not qualified to do that kind of work father you are the one who qualifies us you are the one who calls us and you equip us and so god i just pray that you would empower your people who are listening to no longer stay back to no longer um turn a blind eye, but to engage, Lord, to engage with a whole heart, just as you've called us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Father, may we love our neighbors in the same way. And we ask that in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, again, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, we want to invite you to make that all-important step even now. If you're not saved and desire to be saved and to fully commit your life to Christ, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with us now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Save me, fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to connect with you, be in touch with you. Please email us, joseph at afr.net is my email. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. I'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow up strong and vibrant in your new walk with the Lord. Please connect with us. Again, joseph at afr.net. Shailene and Jennifer, thank you all so much for being with us. One more time, share the website, please.
1: Thank you. <coughs> it's Alabama at lovelife.org, Alabama at lovelife.org and the, the website is lovelife.org
0: All right. Well thank you all so much for being with us. Please pray much for the ministry of Love Life Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the hour of intercession.